podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Friday, the 28th of December, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. A Merry Christmas to everybody. It's the final podcast of 2018, a season that's seen the Belfast, a year, sorry, that's seen the Belfast Giants pick up the Challenge Cup. And well, up until today, or up until about a 20 minutes ago, they were riding high at the top of the IHL. Unfortunately, Cardiff, with their victory tonight over the Coventry Blaze, have uh, jumped the Belfast Giants in the first place. But we'll come to all of that later in the show. Um, quite a bit to talk about tonight. We'll whiz through it as quickly as we can. This is a, you know, we're mid-Christmas. Everybody's in the in a party mood. Um, like Joel Neal is. How are you, man? <laughs> good evening, Paddy. How did I know you were going to come to me there? Yeah, all, all good. I'm uh, back from the Kingdom of Larne, and I'm sitting here with a nice cold uh, Jameson. Other whiskey brands are available. We're good to go. And Mr. Simon Kitchen, how are you? I'm dead on public. How are you, sir? I'm great, mate. Great. You have a good Christmas? Uh, it was okay. It wasn't too bad, but my family, so that's the main thing. Santa Claus, come see jazz. <laughs> There's a... I'm a <laughs> there. She's, uh, she's always well looked after, so yeah, she's very happy. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. What I'm going to do just before we get stuck in is just write down the time because Scissors went straight for the back. <laughs> That's so. why I laughed. <laughs> right in, boy. We have a lo- we have a lot to talk about. The two games against the Manchester Storm, the departure of Frankie Bavillier, the the incoming arrival of the Belfast Dats. We've got two interviews, one from Kendall McFall and from Adam Keefe. We've got a number of you guys getting in touch with your TFAs, and we'll look ahead to the games against Milton Keynes, Glasgow, and Dundee. But let's start with that unfortunate departure for the Belfast Giants. Um, just before the games against the Manchester Storm, it was announced that Frankie Bavillier would be leaving the Giants to return to North America on personal reasons. Uh, he leaves after 30 games, 26 points, a plus-minus of zero, a power play plus-minus of plus five, a face-off percentage of 58.11%, one game-winning goal, one first star of the game, and works out a 1.74 penalty minutes per game. Thank you very much. Do you know who? I'm a stat man. Yeah, he's not here tonight, but he sent the stats through. But, uh, says I'll start with you. Frankie, moving on. Listen, it, you know, per- personal reasons are personal reasons, and that is that. When he came in, I remember starting speaking right at the start of the season, just our WhatsApp chat and things like that. His numbers coming in, and I said this to you, and I said this to Adam Keith and the likes as well. He came into the Belfast Giants from U Sports, from you know, from that that university setup 
with with numbers that were a standard that would grace any AHL team. His numbers were fantastic. His approach to him was fantastic. He was part of the NHL scouting team. I think was it he played for Edmund Oilers or something in one of the uh, the prospects games. The guy had it, and he came in. He played a hard game, and it's it's sad to see him go on. Yeah, he was a real physical player out there for us when he got the. Ch- you know, it's never easy for a player to, to be a healthy scratch. And um, I think he was finding it difficult as well. I mean, obviously, he's moved on because uh, he wants to take up another career in North, in North America. But I think he was finding it difficult um, in Northern Ireland and um, was missing home. And I think that's a big part of it as well. You know, it's it's it, a lot of people think that being a hockey player is glamorous and, and uh, you know, okay, you're playing a sport for a living. And yeah, absolutely. And the big thing about it is he leaves when the team have been doing great uh, on the ice and, and had a great season so far. But, you know, when these guys go to training, um, usually it's early in the morning as, as a Belfast Chance uh, team anyway, uh, whether it's in Donald or at the SSA Arena. On top of that, they go to the gym. After that, there's not a much more to do. Is you know, some, some of them, he lived on his own as well. He had an apartment on his own, which again is um, not ideal. You know, Want to sort of be hanging out with people, and there's guys that that uh, you know maybe go for for lunch or go for uh, go for dinner together as well. But it's not all glamour, and and uh, I know Frankie was finding it difficult. I had a chat with him the day before he left, um, and he, he he certainly you know he's going to miss Belfast. He says he enjoyed his time here, um, and uh, he's just looking forward to getting back to North America. So whatever he gets up to, wish him the best of luck. A real, real good lad. Um, is he going to be finished hockey? I don't know. Maybe he's, he's just uh, looking for a spark to, to fall back in love with the game again. But we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. But again, uh, once a giant, always a giant in most cases. Um, and uh, hopefully hopefully he finds what he enjoys back in North America again. Joel, we spoke about this weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago when Cardiff were losing players. Or I don't remember the name of the guy. He came in for like five days, did all the shoots, did all these promos, and then said he was out of love with the game and he shouldn't have signed in the first place. And yeah. you, you, it, it's difficult, isn't it? As, as Simon says there, it's it's a case that you know these guys are moving far away from their families, have have skates, have stick, will travel, but it's it, it's not sometimes not as simple as that. Yeah, I mean the. It's naive to think that playing for our club, or to be honest, any club at this level, is is nothing but fun. Simon's outlined it there uh, perfectly, to be honest. Uh, you know, I was having to think about it today whenever you mentioned that we'd be chatting about it tonight. You know, fans uh, and, and whoever else, you're there on game night. You know, you see snapshots. And, you know, despite the, the phenomenal access to the behind-the-scenes workings of the club that, that our fan base gets. Um, there are still really sizable gaps in, in the lives of these humans that most fans will never get to fill in. And those are the bits, really, that, that shape your time here. Um, I guess, uh, you know, from my point of view, the last thing I want as a fan of this club and the last thing I want for a human being is for them to be, you know, thousands of miles from home doing something they don't love. That's not good for anybody. It's not good for us. And it's not good for, for the person in question. So, I mean, tough call to make. Really tough situation. Um, but Frankie was was a decent player, a, a really nice guy. And, and I kind of just echo what, what you boys have said. You know, you wish him all the best in the real world if that's the decision that he's making. Um, I mean, I, I hope somebody's mentioned to him that there aren't naps in the 9 to 5 world. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't get you don't get a shut down at 1 o'clock for your afternoon nap whenever there's a boss breathing down your Neck, but listen, uh, <laughs> somehow I still manage it. But you know, it's it just—it's it's one of those things that happens. We, we've lost guys that, that could have done a great job for us over the full season before. 
before and uh, it's, it's that old line you know the club was there before him the club was there the club will be there after him uh, and we, we have a job to do so it's it's on to the next absolutely we wish francis bavillier well in whatever form his career takes in the future it's a, a difficult decision for him to make but one that uh, we respect and um the Belfast Giants move quickly to bring in the replacement. We'll talk about that in just a short while. What we will do now is move on to the two games that took place at the SSC Arena over the weekend. It's good to be able to say that back at the SSC Arena after talking about away games for so long. The Belfast Giants took on two games against the Manchester Storm at home as normal. On the podcast, when we come to two games like this, I'll run through all the statistics for the games and we'll take the two of them in conversation as a whole. Um on Friday night, unfortunately, the Giants were subject to a 3-2 shootout defeat. Uh, the goals in the game came, the opening goal came from Dan Byers, 8 minutes and 52 seconds into the first period. Darcy Murphy cancelled that out to make it 1-1 after 44 seconds of the second, and it ended the second period 1-1. Into the third period, Shane Baker gave it the uh, give the storm the lead once more uh, before Kendall McFall scored at 9.17 to make a 3-3. Overtime, couldn't separate the teams and it went to a shootout. Kieran Long scoring the winning goal for the Manchester Storm. In nets, Tyler Besker won 65 minutes, 19 saves off 21 shots. The other side, Matt Ginn, uh, 65-minute win, 41 saves off 43 shots. She referees that night were Tom Darnell and Blake Copeland. We moved to Saturday in the Belfast Giants, exact their revenge. 4-0 victory for the Giants. The goals, well, Patrick, Patrick Dwyer back in the lineup for the weekend, and he scored the opening goal on Saturday's game, 9 minutes and 15 into the first. Into the second, Dustin Johnner made it. 2-0. Into the third, David Rutherford made it 3-0. And on the power play, Josh Roach rounded it to scoring at 4-0. Goalies, Tyler Beskarwani, 18 saves from 18 shots. Matt Ginn, 32 saves from 36 shots. Your referees that night were Blake Copeland and Andy Dalton. Uh, sorry, Dandy Alton. Um, right, let's talk about this as a whole, gents. I'll start with you, Simon. I've watched that game back on Friday night the game, the 3-2 defeat the Manchester Storm. I've watched it back in full. I've probably watched half of it again. I've probably watched the the, the highlights again. Can you explain to me how we lost that game? We didn't put the puck in the back of the net, Paddy. (laughs) That's 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 basically it, yeah. Moving on. We had had so many chances. You know, you you talked about the the stats um, for shots on goal. Um, That doesn't include, you know, Davies normally coming out with another 20, 30 shots that didn't make it through to the goaltender. Um, I, I honestly, it was one of those games where when, when they went 1-0 up, um, Dan Byers uh, scored with, I think it was about the eighth or ninth minute mark of the first period. Um, and from that moment on, I'm sitting thinking, we're not going to win this game. I honestly was sitting thinking that. And we had so many chances, even before that he got that first goal, I think that was their. I think that was their second shot on target. Um, after nine minutes, we absolutely dominated them. Uh, again, you know, he played well, but, but we made it so easy for him. The, the, the guys that uh, were the shots that were he was basically saving were straight into his chest or into his pads, and 
he, you know, he's not a he's not an overly big lad, but he, he covers the net well and and uh, you know made the saves that he had to make. We made it easy for him. We didn't. We weren't clinical enough, and that's you know I know Adam talked about that in his uh, post game interviews with uh, Joel, and then I, I spoke to him for for uh, Giants TV. But when you when you don't take your chances, the longer the game goes on, the other get a, a better confidence out of that. Um, you know, I know Ryan Finnerty was very happy after the game. Uh, it was as you'd expect. Absolutely, it was a big physical battle. But let's be honest, that Manchester Storm, storm team are. Shit. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> They I, are, I, I actually can't disagree with that. No, I, 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 I got a third that. You know, I really don't rate them at all. Uh, you know, we obviously went out the next day, beat them four 0 Could have been a lot more. Um, they're they're not a good team. They're really not a good team. They have a couple of decent players, uh, but I really don't. I, if they finish bottom of the league this year, I I don't think I'd be surprised. I really don't. I think they've went backwards uh, since Pash left and. Um, and obviously Neil Russell, I, I really do think backwards. Uh, I mean, they've got big, big bodies, and they they do decent in in their own rank. Try and put bums on seats, which obviously doesn't work out very well for them. But um, <laughs> you know, the whole thing overall, that Friday night game, I I was I, I was obviously there. I was calling it for Chance TV. I watched the game back on on uh, Sunday afternoon, Paddy as well. I don't know how we didn't win that game. Uh, we 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 completely dominated them, but. Open nets. We must have missed three, maybe four open nets. Um, we tried to walk the puck into the net. Uh, the guys weren't going to the blue paint as as often as they had been. Um, and being overcritical of the Belfast chance on, on that night itself, you know, when when you don't take those chances, and you 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 know you you basically, as the game goes on, I talked about you know the, the Manchester Storm getting stronger. The longer it went on, it could have went on for another 45, maybe 50 minutes, and I still don't think we would have scored another goal. So it was disappointing, really disappointing. It can't be, you know, you can't, you, I mean, look at uh, Kendall McFall's goal. I didn't yep. even see it. I didn't even see it. I even said at the time, uh, you know, Jeff Mason looked over at me. I said, Mason, sorry, but didn't even see it. I was too busy trying to update the stats. We, we take the face off, and the face off, he takes a, uh, a slap shot. And I mean, it's like a knuckleball just goes past Kenny. He didn't even see it either. But um, you know, it, it was disappointing to lose the game after having so many opportunities, but not putting the puck away. Really did come back to bite us that night. I think Joel, it's one of those games you get them from time to time where you have all the puck, you have all the possession, you have all the chances. You don't put it. It's one of those frustrating nights, but. Given the fact that you know the Giants have those two wins in their pocket from the Storm Shelter and have you know and went on for a four nil win after that, it's just it's even more f- frustration given the recent form that they drop a point to the team that are second bottom of the league. Uh, yeah, look, I, I I was up in media for that game. I, just, I sort of threw a, a quick game report together as well as post game, and I think my, my closing line was that there was nobody leaving the SSC Arena that night feeling like justice was done. But I mean, we, we've all been around long enough to know that sometimes that just happens. It was it was honestly like witchcraft. Some of those <laughs> supernatural bounces. I mean, I can't remember who it was, but somebody clapped a shot against the right post, and it just stopped dead. 
uh, in front of the right post, nearly touching it. Uh, and the number of uh, open nets that we fanned on in the slot, we outshot them 43 to 22. It's just like, honestly, you just have to scratch that one off. I mean, I'll be maybe slightly more diplomatic than says, you know, uh, coming into the game. Well, I mean, first of all, top top of the of the list. It's a relief to see Patrick Dwyer back in the lineup looking every bit his old self. Um Everyone coming into that game anticipated physicality. You know, there were absolute rude manners in that first encounter. It was something like three fights and uh, and the OT win. And then you're just a week removed from from beating them 6-4 uh, on the road. Um, my thoughts pre-game were that the Storms game is suited to small ice. You know, they, they rely very heavily on a good goaltender. Uh, they rely very heavily on physicality and, and finishing your checks in that kind of compacted space. I thought they would struggle to impose their game on the big pad, but uh, God, I don't know. Somehow what we watched that night was uh, hugely frustrating, first of all, uh, defensive and, and physical road game uh, from Manchester. I mean, granted, most of the physicality came between the whistles, uh, but but it all counts. It all adds up. The Belfast Giants dominated that game from the first whistle everywhere but the scoreboard and i'm still scratching my head as to how it happened uh, the storm to their credit you know they put lots of traffic in the crease a lot lots of traffic in their own zone um, they they play a lot of defensive trap hockey uh, and wait for their opportunities on the break and and you know it, it, it worked to an, an extent the giants were sloppy in the neutral zone there were a couple of really howling turnovers uh, more than a few um, but also just puck luck you know sometimes i think you have to put a to scratch that one off sometimes it just happens um something i wanted to bring up as well and um, this is a little bit of a, of a change in direction but uh sometimes you know the the maybe minority of detractors uh or, or the the monier elements of our fan base would point at the giants org and, and the current kind of ownership and management and whatever else and, and some would say that the that the entire product is much too focused on, you know, entertainment and, and revenue and bums on seats and flying sandwiches as opposed to on ice success. As I said to you, I watched that game from media. Um, and Steve Thornton was standing immediately behind me. Uh, Shane Johnson was kind of buzzing around and I, and I, I saw Robert Fitzpatrick down in the tunnel afterwards. Um, but during that OT, uh, whenever we went four on three uh, for a minute and 30 mm-hmm. on the power play, uh, you know, there was a lot of kind of head grab moments. There was a lot of gasping and shouting and, and sort of disbelief. Um, I bounced up out of my seat at one point and just kind of spun around instinctively. And, and Steve was behind me. And I, I made, <laughs> looking back on it, I made the mistake of trying to even engage him. And uh, I, I, I think I just said something along. I said something along the lines of. Jesus, Steve, something like that. And his eyes burned right through me. Like it was as if I wasn't there. I could have waved <laughs> in his face and he would not have seen me. His eyes and his face were the Steve Thornton, the player. Uh, I've never seen fire and intensity like it. He was hitting every puck on that ice. He was shooting every shot. It was, uh, uh, honestly, it was terrifying. I, I, I sort of sat back down sheepishly, but. It was a reinforcement to me that the guys above the players and the guys above the head coach, they want silverware. They want wins more than anything in the world. They may be paid to bring bums on the seats, but those are hockey guys. Those are ex-players that love this club. It was just a really, it was a, it was a small, fleeting, terrifying moment. Um, but, but then speaking to Robert Fitzpatrick in the tunnel afterwards, it, it was just reaffirmed to me that this entire club wants success at any cost. And you... Matt Toe were making friends with Storm fans. Um, 
<laughs> but we'll leave that story to another time. So let me bring you to the second period on Friday's game. Six minutes and 47 seconds in. Uh, the penalties that came from that. Patrick Dwyer, two minutes for roughing. Kyle Bond, two minutes for roughing. Curtis Leonard, five minutes for fighting. Luke Moffat, two minutes for roughing. Declan Balmer, two minutes for roughing. Harrison Roop, five minutes for fighting. And subsequently, from that, we have... Docs. Docs. I'm actually Docs. dancing. <laughs> so am I. Docs. I need sleigh bells. Uh, yep. The incident was uh, assessed by the Department of Player Safety, who are back with a vengeance. They've even had another one out today, <laughs> Finucci. But Luke Moffat, number nine for the Manchester Storm, was assessed a two-game suspension. I'll read out what it says, just a final paragraph. At a stoppage of multiple situations in progress, an incident occurred that is deemed illegal and detrimental to the game. In the course of one of the scrums, Manchester Storm number nine, Luke Moffat, was engaged with the Belfast Giants 39, Patrick Dwyer. As they were physically challenging one another, Moffat was able to grab the helmet of the opposing player. Having done so, Moffat swung the helmet at the head area of the opposing player. It is illegal and deemed dangerous to use a helmet to impede force through a punch, especially considering that in this case, the opposing player is not worth a helmet. Uh, well, not, sorry, not wearing a helmet. Uh, effective immediately, Manchester Storm and Moff spent for two games, uh, and one of those games was the second out against the Belfast Giants. Um, says, I think it's a wider reflection of the attitude of the Storm as well, but that was an ugly incident and an ugly act from Luke Moffat. Yeah, um, you know, he, he hit him twice with a helmet. When you watch the, you don't actually see it from the uh, the chance TV footage, but the, the footage that was recorded by one of the fans on uh, and then posted on social media. Um, and remind me to come back about Rand Finnerty on that in just a second. But, um, you know, the, the, the issue uh, that was that was used by social media, and we all know how powerful social media is. Um, that video was sent to Dops, um, and it clearly showed Moffat, you know, taking the two swings, hit him once in the back and the second one with the head. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a bit cowardly, to be honest. Um, you know, Moffat tries to uh, grab uh, Paddy Dwyer, take him out of, the, out of the... Moffat wasn't doing much in the game, in fairness. So, you know, he wants to try and disrupt the... The play, so you know, yeah, okay, I'll give him that. You want to try and, and get one of your your best players off the ice, so he's doing a reasonably good job there. But with Blake Copeland standing watching that incident and not making a call or not making a report, um, from what I'm led to believe, to um, the referees, assessors, or uh, dops, then Blake Copeland isn't isn't uh, shouldn't be refereeing that game. I thought it was an absolute joke. And why he didn't report that. Um, you know, Paddy Dwyer, I bet he had a sore head off that. I mean, getting hit by a puncher, getting hit by a helmet, um, it, it, it's sore. It's definitely sore. Uh, but, you know, how he didn't make that call, I don't know. However, when I was walking down to do the interviews after the game, uh, Dizzle Viper came over to me and a couple of the others, and they were saying, oh, referees were, were terrible tonight. And I said, I didn't think they were. You know, after, obviously, 
because we didn't see that first incident with Moffat uh, until after the game, um, and then when I did see it, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with him with regards to uh, Copeland was he had an absolute nightmare with not making that call. But overall, they let the game go. They let the guys get as physical as possible. Um, yes, you know, there was non-calls against both teams. I think they probably evened themselves up during the game. I really enjoyed the physical battle on Friday night. I thought it was, you know, I love seeing big body checks being thrown in there. I love getting the way a bit gritty and um, and obviously, you know, coming out or us coming out on the back end of, of a defeat. I didn't want to yap about it. I, I just thought that, you know, when you don't take your chances, we've already talked about that, you don't deserve to win the game. Manchester scored two goals. They scored in the, in the shootout. We didn't. You move on. You take the point and you suck it up. But, you know, overall, again, that, that incident with regards to the two-game ban, I thought he was probably a way better unlucky to get the second game. Um, but 100% right decision by Dobbs. They can't do, they give him the uh, suspension for at least one. Two, I thought it was a bit bit harsh. Can, Can I really? jump in on that, Paddy? No, go on. Sorry. Well, he, the, I think it says wanted me to remind you of Affinity Point, but go on. Yeah, Affinity, um, I, I interviewed uh, Ryan Finnerty after both games, Friday and Saturday. And after the Saturday, I, um, oh, sorry, during the Saturday interview, I'd mentioned to him about uh, the suspension. What was his view on it? Um, and and he was being a bit, you know, towing the line to a certain extent um, and saying, oh, no, I didn't agree with the social media uh, outburst of it, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I get that. absolutely get that. As soon as the cameras stopped running, um, he'd said to me after, he says, he says, you guys do a brilliant job, lad, social media. <laughs> he says, you know, yeah, I thought it was, you know, who put that forward for them, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, it was actually me. Um, I seen it from a, a fan on social media. And I, I emailed it to Steve Thornton and uh, Adam Keith. And they just sort of looked at me as if to go, well, I mean, why did you do that? I mean, it's a, and I go, well, it's a suspension. It's, it's, you cannot argue about that. And he was so he said to me, oh, but you know, you know what it's like when you're holding a glove and you're, you've got that, the ring of the, of the, um, the strap around your glove. And, you know, he just couldn't let go of it. And I went, I pretty all over the place, jingle bells, big lad. But, um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of it, but I'm just going to punch him in the head anyway. Yeah. I so, I mean, and then after, I have a problem getting him down. But again, Absolutely agree with the, the suspension with regards to one game. Two, I thought he was a wee bit hard done by. Joel, sorry you were going to jump in there. Yeah, but compare and contrast, I like uh, you know you're sort of the, the two was harsh says. I think Davey maybe had the same take as well, not not to put words in his mouth, but compare and contrast with Elite League Hall of Famer Joe Grimaldi's suspension <laughs> back in 2015 when playing for the Edinburgh Capitals, he unbuckled his lid and whipped it at a Nottingham Panthers player. He got 18 games and a second for that. Like, I know that that one was maybe more violent. He was further away and, and he, uh, you know, very deliberately whipped the helmet. But the actions themselves are within the same broad principle. I thought Moffat was lucky with two. I, I think Dobbs could have thrown much more on him. Like, would you not agree, but compare and contrasted with that Grimaldi incident, the infamous one? What uh, it comes to mind immediately, I think Davey mentioned it on Twitter or something that was Paul Cruz. Um, way back, you know, we're we're older than you are, Joel. Um, way back, what? Yeah, I know, shocking. Uh, yeah, cruiser trip, yeah, cruiser yeah, yeah, and 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 hit some Russian fella around the head with with, with when he took it when he took his helmet off. But um, I, in I all fairness, Paddy, to be honest with you, if you if you'd cruiser hitting you with a helmet or hitting you with a punch, you'd rather get up. 
What a player. What a player. Oh, what a fighter. That guy. All, right, all right, boys. Pull up a sandbag. He was, he was unbelievable. Like, and, a, and a great captain for the Belfast Giants. Absolutely. Won the, won the playoffs. Yep. 2003. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're laughing at, mate. You know what I mean? These are good times in our history. That's, okay, let's, the revenge that was gained on... Um, on Saturday night, four nothing, Joe. You know the Giants obviously stinging from what was a sixty minutes of sixty five minutes of of dominant play, become aware for loss, come in and shut them out and basically put pay to that and walk away with three points in total. Yeah, Adam Keefe said. Uh, I sort of asked him after that game if there was anything changed, you know, fundamentally about the system, and he said no. Uh, you know, but, but to me, I, I think you could see the Giants consciously. Uh, address the fact that the Manchester Storm played such a defensive road game. The the issues that we were having and finding the net, you know, they were compounded by a bit of terrible puck luck. But the the fact remains that they absolutely clogged their zone and they put a lot of traffic in front of the crease. And the Giants, I think, addressed that. You could see that the offense was based on wing play. It was based on kind of cross uh, slot passes. Um, and there were guys kind of stalking the back door and even sort of camped out on, on the actual goal line. Um, you know, there were the, the, our first goal, uh, Kyle Bond to Patrick Dwyer, um, was, was that to perfect effect. And I think we also almost scored a second the same way a few minutes later. So, I mean, we, we found a way through that traffic. If, if it wasn't a fundamental uh, system change, it was definitely a tweak to address the way that Manchester played on the first night. And, and that gives me heart. That's that's great to see, you know, just those kind of minor things uh, in the space of 24 hours that we can change to be much more offensively sort of dominant. Um, the game in general was just a much more complete performance. Uh, it looked like the previous night in the early going, I think there were a few kind of uh, twitchy bleeps uh, in the arena in the first kind of 10 minutes. There were a few more staggering chances missed. Um, but obviously then the boys turned it on and, and you know, Dustin Johnner's uh, second goal was one hell of a snipe down the east end into the roof. Uh, I think, to be honest, as we'd said before, that Manchester team is not a great team, but they've got a... A decent goalkeeper. Um, I think. I think Gin kept the scoreline respectable. He, he pulled off some kind of show, show real saves. Um, but but all in all, the Giants were back and firing all cylinders, and it was a relief more than anything to come out of that weekend with three points. Says so you know, it is a case that the Giants had to step up again and just receive. They, they did exactly as Joe said. They did exactly what they did the night before. They doubled the shots on Gin that, that were faced by Tyler Pescarani, but this time we were finding the net more easily. Yeah, um, and again, the, the 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 big difference for me was they were going to the front. Joel's already touched on Paddy Dwyer's first goal uh, of the game. You know, uh, Rudy's over the shoulder um, slap shot for the third, and then a great finish with Josh Roach in the fourth. You know, and, uh, but Kyle Bond played very very well that night. Um, I just thought again we were a little bit more clinical. I thought we could have been more clinical. Um, I thought we should have scored more goals, but uh, you know. Again, they've played a lot of hockey in the last number of weeks. Um, 4-0, uh, three-point weekend. You can't really argue with it after, as I say, the way we weren't clinical enough the night before. So it's uh, it was good to lead into the Christmas break and, and Adam Keith to do his interview with the uh, the uh, <laughs> unicorn face mascot. Nearly. I didn't even put that on the agenda. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was uh, I got the blame of it, like so. I'm, I'm just waiting, and they're going to get me back. It was, uh, we were talking about it a while ago, and I was surprised, and and uh, and um, Kiefer, and we were talking about that uh, when I looked back a couple of months ago, 
Uh, there was a West Coast um, uh, road trip for the uh, for La Violette, and the, he agreed with the players. You know, if they, if you win every game on the West Coast um, road trip, I think it was about five or six games. You know, I'll, I'll do it there, and he did it there. And I said to Kiefer, I said, you know what, I've got the perfect thing. And, and Ryan said, yep, absolutely, let's do it. Kiefer says, right, well, you know, you win ten road games, we'll do it. Um, and we're just waiting for the moment to. Uh, I forgot to bring the mask when we beat Cardiff at home a couple of weeks ago. So um, I've had it stuck in my bag since then. And, uh, <laughs> that would have been a great research. But you know what? It, it was he was absolutely top match with it. Like, um, and if you watch the whole video, he, just the way he moves his head from left to right, the wee wobbles. The the game, <laughs> he, he, he's just such a top top lad. Um, and uh, I know there was a lot of views on it. There was a few good comments about it as well. So fair play to him for stepping up the mark. We always and the way he looked at it was, you know, I'm doing a dirt, um, and if I lose the bet. It's because we're actually doing something well and we're playing well and we're winning games. So, you know, he took it with, uh, as he always does, you know, he's such a good lad. Um, but I know I'm going to get it back. Like, I know that somewhere <laughs> down the line I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to cough up a bet somewhere. So it is what it is. And uh, I'd be good for it at some point as well. I'm going to stick with just uh, says for this and I'll come to you, Joel, on the same question. Kieran Long, uh, I, thought Matt, I thought Matt Game was good for the storm through the weekend and he has to have been because, he, you know, he faced a lot of rubber and, and, you know, that is that. But Kieran Long is an interesting character. You know, he scores the winning penalty shot on um, Friday night. I arguably say he had a great game for the Storm in what is a very poor team. He had a great game for the Storm on Saturday night. I'm looking tonight. Uh, they're up in Glasgow taking on the clan and they've actually won 4-3 with long scoring two, one of which the winner on the power play with three seconds to go. There's a kid who was playing EPL hockey not that long ago, played for the Phoenix, did a bit of the rounds, came in, and I'll be, I'll argue that, that when he came into the setup at the Storm, I thought he was just there to fill a place because he didn't pull up trees at EPL level, but he's kicked on and he's scoring a lot of goals, and I'd be very surprised not to see him in the GB team come uh, April, May. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, we talked about that was it the last week, the week before, about the GB team, and um, I think he thoroughly deserves to be uh, on that plane to Slovakia. Um, I think he's, you know, he's he's, he's leading. I or think Slovenia, you know, that would be a good for him to go as well. What did I say? Slovakia. Slovakia. Ah, same place. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it's, uh, um, I can't remember what we were talking about. Kieran Long. I <laughs> so, Kieran Long. You know, Kieran Long, um, I, th- I honestly thoroughly think he deserves to be on that plane. Uh, to wherever he's going, but the, <laughs> you know the, the big thing for me. Oh no! Thing, it is Slovakia. <laughs> Damn it! Oh no! Great thing is, I can edit this. <laughs> yes, you better not edit this. You better not. No, I'll, I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat. humble pie there. I'll eat humble pie. That was my <laughs> hashtag same place. I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> thinking I I've been to Bratislava. It said Slovakia, but I didn't want to argue with you. Give me a day. To be fair, it's Team GB. I don't care. Go on. <laughs> so. So, um, what were we talking about? Oh, I care a lot. You know, he's, he's leading the British goal scorers, our British point scorers in the league. Uh, you know, as I say, he's pe- I thought he played well at the weekend. I really like his game. He's a big lad. Uh, he skates really well. Um, but, you know, when you look back at some of the players that have made the step up for me, uh, the EPL, uh, look at, look at uh, 
Um, Craig Peacock, you know, 2009, I think it was when he stepped up uh, from Peterborough. He scored a bucket lot of goals for the Giants. He leaves the Giants, goes to Glasgow, and he's average. Um, but, uh, you know, Kieran Long, absolutely. I, I'd be, you know, I know the GP have a couple of games in February. Um, and That's I think they're. NHL teams? Yeah. So uh, I think that, you know, I'd be very, very, very surprised not those squads, whether or not, you know, Pete Russell and and the coaching staff at JB are going to bring in, you know, guys who they know exactly what they bring to the table. Um, I, I personally think that, you know, they should bring in a, f- a few young lads to see exactly what they've got. But Kieran Long definitely should be on that plane. Just what, do you, black, yeah. what, what, what do you think, Joel? Should Kieran Long be going to Sweden? Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're sure same place. Um, it's all same. Kieran Long Europe. deserves that that ticket to Germany for me. Anyway, <laughs> he, uh, you know, it, it's we, we've had this conversation before. Uh, we've talked about the the sort of heyday of the Giants' Brit Pack. You know, I think one of the best Brit Packs we ever had was the year we won the league in 2012 uh, with Craig Peacock, Robert Dowd, Mark Garside. Uh, Stephen Murphy sort of at his prime winning the league as, as a British goaltender. And we've discussed as well how the, the gulf between the old EPL uh, and, and the EIHL has sort of widened as, as they've restructured and reformatted into the EPIHL, whatever it's called now. Um, so look, if, if there's one positive to come out of, of the Manchester Storm season, it's that somebody is finding a way to develop and get minutes in the Elite League and actually break through. You know, maybe for him it's a bit of a blessing in disguise that there, let's be honest, there isn't a lot of elite talent within that Storm team. Um and, and not to stand on Davy's toes because good God knows I've done it before, but I'm, I'm literally just sitting with his elite prospects page open in front of me. Um, and last last season was his first. <laughs> no, please don't, please don't. Last season was his first in the elite league, and, and he put together 35 league points and I think two in the cup, and he's already on 25 league points this season. That's that's a, a decent showing for any signing, let alone a 27 year old Brit who's come up from from the EPIHL. Uh, you know, if there's one thing to take away from that storm season, maybe that's the success story. And if uh, from a from a GB point of view, uh, that that's nothing but good news. I think we'll wrap it up there with regards to those games at the weekend. You can find the highlights of those games from Belfast Giants TV on uh, KingdomOfGiants.com. Um, actually, one note, note on that says is the uh, the commentary with you, Davy, and uh, Colin Shields was very entertaining. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, Sheds is uh, ripping Davy, um, and uh, you know, Davy was Davy had another point in, in the in the on the night itself. And Stu was asking him to do the plus minuses as the game was going on. Um, so Davy was trying to keep an eye on who was on the ice for Manchester, and and uh, multitasking wasn't his, his strongest point. But uh, you know, if you, if you look, I was. It's probably my fault as well. I'm sort of watching the guys to see if they're watching or if they're writing stuff down. So you sort of. You know, try and take the mick out of him by going to Davy when he's actually not ready for a question. So, you know, it was all good crack. It was a really good game to call as well. Uh, I'm coming out winning 4 0 as uh, definitely did us into Christmas break. Yep. With uh, a lot more positivity. And with that Christmas break brought the news. We spoke earlier the departure of Francis Bavillier. Well, the chance moved quick and brought in a guy who's in coming in for his third stint with the Belfast Giants, both the second and third coming after a brief retirement from the game. Um, and this one goes out to Jonathan Hughes and Jim Bell on Twitter, who asked for this. The Belfast dancer does it again! Gets one-on-one with Chris with K-Wall! Greg Kowalski, where were you? Bucks behind you! See ya! We may not be here, but that piece of audio is still on. 
Number 68 for the Belfast Giants, Chris Higgins will once again put on the teal, red and white of the Belfast Giants as he comes to replace Bavillier in the forward lines. Joel, your thoughts on the return of the Belfast Datsuk? <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm going to I'm gonna take a fantastic tweet. I don't give the Nottingham Panthers credit for much, um, but I thought this was quite funny from Panthers Daily. The year is 2040. The Panthers still haven't won the Elite League. David Sims has finally stepped down from his position as main announcer at the Sheffield Steelers, and the Belfast Giants signed Chris Higgins for what will be his 34th stint with the club. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very happy to see you. See ya! See ya! That's the the show title this week. It's got to be. Chris Higgins, as a player, as we know, uh, as Damien McGimsey there knows, he's capable of making magic happen. You know, the, the thought of him and Darcy Murphy on the same team for me. Is, is one to completely relish. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be sort of honest and open about it. He has his issues as a player and, and his history with us. He's been injury prone. Um, he would sometimes go for the highlight reel over the, the maybe more sensible play. Um, he obviously, as, as that tweet highlights, he's not getting any younger and, and he didn't play all of last year. But everything that I have seen points to him being physically ready. And on his night, let's not forget, he is an international headline grabber. The man has put the Elite League on international the international stage, uh, I think, more than once. He loves this city, and, and as far as I've ever seen, he loves this club. The boys who are here and who know him love him back. So, I mean, all in all, I have to tip my hat. That's a, a great pickup at this stage in the season by the coach and, and the, the kind of backroom staff. Says Blair Riley said to him that the real world will chew him up and spit him out. And when it does, he'll be waiting. He's waited long enough. He's coming back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I was lucky enough to call a couple of goals for him. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know what he can do. He's, he's just absolute quality. And it'd be interesting to see where he slots in in the lineup. I know, uh, you know, uh, yes, we've got him now, but Adam's been after him for a long, long time since he became coach. Um, I know that he's been trying to encourage him to come back. Um, and uh, Blair Riley's right um, you know he, he didn't get a job that he liked so he's come back to play so um, he's, he's quality uh, every elite league team would have been absolutely chomping at the bit if they knew he was available and uh, we're, I'm really pleased he's back in Belfast and look forward to seeing him soon it's interesting. Like the guy, as has been said, he's you know he's coming in off a season, two seasons or whatever it is of. of General or season and a half of general retirement. Let's just put it like that. Um, however, he's still young enough to play the game. The hands are the hands. You know, what I mean, we've seen it yeah. many. Ta- we've seen it many times from players before that maybe they might lose, uh, you know, a yard of pace on skates. But if you've got soft hands, you've got soft hands, and, and you're able to pull those skills out. Omar Pasha's ankles have never been the same after that pass to Mike Forney. You know what I mean? We saw the goal put between the legs. Then puts in. We've, we've seen the diving goal against uh, the Cardiff Devils at the Big Blue Tent. We've seen the goal that brought this. Where were you? Box behind you. See ya. So, See ya. The, the goal that more or less brought us the league title. Chris Higgins is a winner. That's the long and short of it. He is a top-end player with top-end skills, highlight real skills. And yes, sometimes, like any player, he may drift in and out of games depending on the situation. Sometimes tactics of the opposition can take him out of games. That's just the way it goes. But Chris Higgins coming into this side excites me. I think that this side has the service 
to provide for him and he has a service to finish and to provide for others. I agree with you, uh, Joel, when you mentioned earlier on seeing him with uh, him and Darcy Murphy in the same lineup. I don't necessarily think they'll be on the same line because you know Rudy Riles and, and Murphy is, 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 a, is a line that's on The greatest fire. line of all time. Uh, don't touch it. Let's, let's Pipe down, time. Joel. Pipe down. <laughs> no, let's not go. Let's, oh, dear. Uh, let's, not, let's not go too far, mate. Um, but the you know it's uh, it is a case that Chris Higgins coming in this lineup coming into this Belfast Giants team and showing us being able to show us once again what he's able to do is an exciting exciting prospect for the Belfast Giants, especially considering all that action or a majority of that action will take place in front of our own eyes, own eyes at the SSE Arena. So hopefully, I know there's there's talk of him coming in in January. There's hopefully talk maybe maybe getting in sooner. I don't know, but uh, but hopefully we'll see him sooner rather than later, and hopefully we'll see him in the lineup for the Continental Cup because that will be a big weekend for the Giants as well. But we'll keep you up to date on that. Right before we get into the interviews. Uh, quick note for the sponsored beer sponsors beer52.com is UK's number one beer craft beer subscription service if you like your craft beers your ales your porters they'll pick out 8 or 10 randomly selected on a theme brand new beers for you to try and, and they will post them right to your very door uh, you can get them from beer52.com forward slash AVFTB and of course the first box when you sign up through that is free thanks very much to beer52.com for their sponsorship and thank you to everybody who's got involved picked up a box and therefore helped us here out of view from the bridge we very much very much Appreciate it. Uh, interviews time. Says pop down to a bit for a bit of a festive interview down at training. The lads are hard at it. We'll hear in a minute from Adam Keefe. But first up, let's hear from Kendall McFall. Joined by Kendall McFall uh, after Thursday. Is this Thursday? Yes. This is Thursday morning's <laughs> practice. Uh, you've had a couple of days off. You've had your family uh, over from North America. Um, enjoyed your over your Christmas period? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it's extremely special to have them over here for Christmas. I mean, Christmas back home, we always spend it with family. So come over here, wasn't sure what it was going to be like. And then, you know, having them over here made it all that much better. Three days off, uh, relax the body, just obviously take a little bit of time off to, to get ready for the second part of the season. Um, but it's been a pretty good start to uh, your professional career in, uh, in the Elite League. For sure. I mean, coming in, obviously, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, obviously, already played more games this year than I did all last year, so I didn't know what the body was going to be like. But I mean, we've been feeling good, and I think we've been playing good. And I think it's just trying to get better every game and you know work towards the end of the season. Three and three upcoming, uh, starting with uh, MK tomorrow night. Uh, what sort of challenge are you expecting? Because you've had uh, a number of good victories over them so far this season, but they've started to pick up in the last number of weeks too. For sure, they've been, they've been playing well. Obviously, uh, three days off of Christmas and then a couple of practices, it's always kind of tough to get going. So I think the start's going to be huge for us to not uh, not sit back at right into the game and get, you know, get focused again. And then you've got Glasgow Clan and Dundee Stars, two teams again you've had success against. But, you know, three and three is always tough. For sure it is. I mean, we've had close games against both those teams all year. Uh, Dundee's you know, managed to steal a few from us too, so you know, we can't take anybody lightly, and 3-3 three and three is tough no matter who you're playing, so we've got to be ready for the challenge. 
Adam, uh, back to work after a few days off. Uh, um, a weekend just passed there against Manchester Shore, split the points. Um, actually, we're picking up the extra point in, in uh, the shootout loss on Friday night. Um, but it must be good to, to get the guys uh, two or three days off just to, to uh, relax their bodies and, and uh, get ready for the second part of the season. Yeah, I think when we look at the second half of the season, it's, uh, it doesn't get any easier, that's for sure, especially with the added uh, Challenge Cup games and the Continental Cup games. Uh, it certainly makes for a long schedule, but uh, you know we, we spoke about it, but these are the things that happens when you have success, and, and last year we had a bit of success with the with the Challenge Cup, which obviously puts us into the Continental Cup, which adds some games to your schedule. So, um, And then if you have success in the Challenge Cup, you, you add some more games to your schedule. It's just the way that it goes. So, um, If you want to win trophies, you're going to play more hockey games, and uh, it's just something we have to get through and, and get over. Uh, so it was important that guys got a, a few days rest to shut their brains off uh, from hockey and, and uh, give yourself that mental, uh, I guess, refresh and restart. And I think that uh, seeing the guys come back in yesterday and, uh, you know, feels like everybody's kind of refocused and ready to go. So um, you know, hopefully then that, uh, that that's will pay dividends down the second half. Well, refresh and ready to go three and three this weekend's never easy starting off in Milton Keynes on Friday night uh, Glasgow on Saturday and finishing off the weekend against Dundee Stars the MK you've already sorry you've already faced the three teams this year um, but uh, you know you'll be looking to try and get the legs on you they give a bit of a positive move moving into the weekend starting tomorrow night against the MK yeah I think there'll be a, obviously uh, you know with MK having to play uh, two games prior sometimes that can actually work in your favour especially after a a Christmas break, so um, obviously they'll be a bit tired tomorrow. But uh, you know they're a team that works hard now that uh, they've made some changes and they've seen them have some results and their goalie is as good as anybody. So um, you know that uh, they're not going to be any easy task for sure. And I, I fully expect it. We'll have a little bit of a Christmas layover, but uh, we have to get over that quick and, and get up to speed and. and uh, make sure that we bring that intensity uh, from the drop of the puck that uh, uh, we get ourselves involved in the game right away to make sure that uh, uh, we don't come in, um, I guess, uh, slow. We don't want to have a slow start, so we want to make sure that we come in firing. You gave uh, the news last week that Francis Bovillier was um, returning to North America to pursue other careers. Um, you didn't waste any time in announcing uh, a new Christmas present for the Belfast Giants fans and bringing Chris Higgins back? Yeah, Higgy's the guy that since uh, I stopped playing and started coaching, obviously that was his last year playing, was my last year playing, so he was one of the guys that was high on my list of getting back here and um, was a good friend while I played as well, so you know, it was more so just keeping in touch with him and and making sure that if if he was ready to play again, that we were first on his list to come back. And um, we've been in touch throughout, you know, all of last season, the summer, and into this season. And I think it was always something on on the cards for this season. Um, if he did not, you know, get a, a full time job, anyways. So I think you know the opportunity uh, when Frankie decided to leave and go home kind of put a rush on uh, you know making sure that we we can get Chris Higgins in here for the second half and and really make a real push at this 
Thanks very much to Kendall and the Adam Keefe around the league. Pfft, not bothered. It's Christmas time. What I will say <laughs> is, um, well, the only thing I will say is Cardiff have played their games in hand now. They're level of the Belfast Giants on games. and one point ahead of us, and they will lead the uh, they lead the elite league now. Is it forty one points to our forty with thirty games played? Fair play to them, but it's a long way to go. As yet, um, TFA's time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Jans TV. And it's a bit of a change going back to a bit of old school from us. We decided to pull out of ask you for a few of your questions that we'll tackle. And we'll start with Patrick Walsh. Um, since you lads are the best podcast in the elite league, why thank you, Patrick? Uh, would you not do, would not do your own team of the week or month? As it'd be interesting to see how each of you choose each player through your own personal point of view. Simon Kitchen. That's an easy one. I'll do it. No problem. But it'll be based on North Belfast Giants players. That's the it. Rest of the, the rest of the league, I couldn't give a toss about. No. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. I'll... It's, just, it's just for me. It's Blair Riley six times. <laughs> the uh, I, Patrick, uh, great idea. But like, I'll be honest with you. Like, we this is a voluntary thing for us. We put a lot of time in, and I'm not having a go. But that seems like it would be a lot of hard work just to sort of <laughs> assess all the games and decide on the player of the week. Or, or what we could do is start a Twitter poll. Yeah, you start you a Twitter poll. I was about to say that you can start Joey a Twitter Martin. poll. Absolutely, and just watch all the other. Twitter polls talk crap as well. It's just, honestly, some of those Twitter polls and and then they get all the Cardiff Devils fans coming out and, and with 15 million, um, you know, names on Twitter each and, and voting for their own fans. What a load of old box. It's, uh, it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, hi, a couple of weeks ago, no, no offence to Jordan County. Jordan County got uh, Player of the Week from Elite League magazine. Tesco, a Player of the Month. It's not even a magazine. It's not magazine. even a magazine. Exactly. So it, it's it's a load of <laughs> all these, and then you've got you've got that your man Craig Anderson basically tweeting out from BIH. Is that British ice hockey? And he's got all British ice hockey Twitter or whatever it is, and he sets a poll on it. What a load of old cake! Keep going, says God. Just in case, I have I have had a pretty good Christmas. It just annoys the life out of me with all these stupid people doing this. It really does. I tell you what, that 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 little segment I thought started really well. You nearly said shit, and you and, and you self censored yourself to crap, and then went on to say bugs and all these other things. Oh, I was like, hell, man. You know, Patrick, so close. can we can we draw the screen veil over this question? Big fat yes, please. No, let me think about that. Let me think about that. Let me think about. It. I'm basically just trying to find it. Of course, we can. <laughs> Uh, I've lost my pen. There. I've lost my pen. But in all fairness, Patrick Walsh is right about one thing: we are the best elite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's dear. it. Uh, Johnny Ford, <laughs> Johnny Ford from Door Fourteen Podcast, who's off to Vegas to watch the Nashville Preds as part of his uh, uh, stag do for Palladium. That was uh, the lads of Door Fourteen Hockey do. You know, talking about us being the best podcast in the elite league. Says the guys at Door Fourteen maybe aren't as good as us. You know. I say maybe, uh, but they do a great they do a great job <laughs> and uh, a very enjoyable podcast. So look up uh, Door Fourteen Hockey on Twitter and, and check those guys out. John Ford is one of the guys on that pod- podcast team, and he says, "What's the crack with Dobbs? All the messing during the storm double header and less than night and plenty other inconsistencies across the games. Are we back to the pre-Fred Galakos kind of accountability and consistency, or is Hicksy?" 
partly to blame. Uh, Joe? I have no idea, Patrick. <laughs> See, I, I give up long ago trying to set guest ups. Like, it seemed like they went on their, their Christmas holidays a little bit early and, and re-arrived with a flourish. I honestly cannot call the Department of Player Safety anymore. I couldn't call it even whenever they rehashed it and had this sort of anonymous board of people who started getting real personal and, and sort of stingy in their, their messages. They started yeah. they started actually like personally chirping players in their assessments. And I don't know, their consistency and DOPS are two words that sit at opposite ends of the spectrum for me. So um, I just, I sit back and, and I, I just, I wait the next. I really can't call that. Simon? I, I don't know if it's sexy on his own or if he's got a group of um officials helping him. I really don't know. I don't think Again, it's that guy Lyle Sykes anymore. I think that's, that's what, yeah, I think it was about, I was about to say that. I don't think it's him anymore. Um I'm trying to think back at ones that they've missed. Um I know there were there were you know they took this the main part of December off. Um and there <laughs> he made a he made a po he made a comment a few weeks ago about um, that the you know that the players are obviously getting better and they're buying in, and then all of a sudden, um, Fish got suspension, Moffat got suspended, uh, Fanucci got suspended tonight. So to be honest, I don't think they've done that bad, and from I don't think they've missed anything that that caused a stir like what we did last year through social media regarding Spiro and and uh, your man from Sheffield. Um, so I, I don't really have a problem with Dops. I mean, you know. I would like to. I like to see things being left out on the ice. Um, yes, Moffat. You know, he, he he did something that that he shouldn't have done. He hit uh, Paddy Tuar in the head with a helmet. If it had happened in any other game, um, are we going to really give a toss? No, probably not. It happened to one of our players. That's why we make a big deal about it. Yeah. So if it had been a Manchester Storm fan, which I'm obviously not, um, I would have made as big a deal out of that as what I. You know, if it had been the other way around, you know, I don't really care. You have a word on it because because we with that we're, we we give our honest opinion on on the podcast. Um, but I I, I could never see Patrick Dwyer doing that to what Luke Moffat did to him. Not a chance. Um, the only other, and I'll run, run through a lot of the other ones very quickly. But the only other really mildly hockey related ones that we got came from Matt Patton. Um, Sheffield's goalie Clamey got selected for the Spengler Cup team for Team Canada. Did they look at Besco or did he not want to go? Has Climby, as Climby is nowhere near as good as Tyler Besco or Wani, Simon? I didn't even know he got selected, to be honest. I didn't know that either. Um, he, well, he must have turned he, it down because he played tonight. Spangler well, Cup's going on right now. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, I know he played tonight there against Nottingham. Um, Sheffield ended up winning tonight, but... The um, yeah. I, I honestly don't I don't really care. Uh, to be honest, I'm sort, of glad, top <laughs> I'm, sort of, I'm sort of glad Best School didn't get selected because I want to play for the chance. I, yes, it's all good to be selected for your national country and if he had it done uh, and he plays the way he's been playing, he's gonna create more of a stir. He probably you know, the <laughs> DEL team comes along and tries to pick him up and we're left with no goalie. Um oh, well, with the greatest respect to Stephen Murphy. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of glad he's not away. I, I'm, I'm happy that he's still playing uh, in Belfast. Looking forward to this weekend. Julio? The only thing I think you could point to is the fact that Tyler Beskarwani missed a year in 2016-17 and obviously only got something like 17 games last year. Um, you know, whenever you look at his record, Dell and the AHL, he's in the high point eights and, and kind of 0.9, 0.92, whatever. Um, 
I also guess that the elite league is sort of an enigma and it's, it must be hard to globally scout your, your team. You know, uh, if I'm looking for a reason why Tyler Beskarwani wasn't selected, I would probably point to that big gap in, in his career. Um, but as says says, I'm just going to say that I'm glad he wasn't. No, but the other thing about that, if you're talking about, you know, uh, if you look back at Mike, Matt Climies, you know, he only played 12 games last year. Yep. So and know, arguably, and, ar- and arguably, of late, he's not been as informed for the Sheffield Steelers as Jackson Whistle's been. Well, Jackson played the night before against Nottingham and came out with a win. You know, Clim- I'm just looking at Climbing stats here now. He's, he's played seven games, two point, uh, and his save percentage is not point nine one two. You know, he's doing he's doing decent. If you look at his stats, apart from Innsbruck at the start of this season, every team he's played for for the last seven years, he's the lowest was point nine. Yep. So, you know, he's a reasonably good goalie, but this year, best goal lights out, best goal in the league. <coughs> so our answer is we don't know. They made the wrong call. They did. Yeah, we don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's run through. I want quick answers for both of you, fire, and we've got a load of ones here that are, let's say, very quick answers. We, Joe, uh, who can sink the most pints of Who Sorry, who can sink pints of stout better, Besco or Darcy King of Stout, stout Murphy? Joel? Joel Neal. <laughs> That's not one of the options. <laughs> stop, stop playing the game wrong. Have yeah. you not realised, Paddy? Joel Neal is a like. Okay, listen. There was only one of us sitting on Twitter at special surprise Christmas lunch for Christmas. Who's the real big deal here, Kitchen? <laughs> oh, no, he's a big deal. Say, says Besco or Besco or Murph? Second the best. Oh, right. Sprouts, yeah or nay, Joel? Disgusting. Disgusting. Please. Love him. Do you know what? what? No, you don't. You're I'm with you. Do you know contra- what? You're no, just being contrarian. No, 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 no. If, if they're cooked properly, they're gorgeous. Uh, do you know nice what? I'm, I, am, I am with Simon Kitchen on this. I love a good sprite. Love yeah. Them. Well, why don't you I, eat them from January to November? Because there's because there's something that you save for Christmas. Why don't you? Oh, why, do you know? Do you know what? All right, all right. Wizard, why can't it be Christmas every day? <laughs> oh, God, Listen, the bottom line is there's they're a seasonal vegetable. Do I eat? They're just because I'm a big lad. Do I eat selection boxes every day? No, I don't. <laughs> Sprites, have you seen properly? If they're cooked properly all day long, no problem. As an aside, have you seen that uh, Twitter thread of the girl who replaced all the um, Ferrero Rochers with sprouts covered in chocolate? Use it like those, wouldn't you, boys? Yeah, absolutely. I love that, absolutely. But do you know the other thing there, Paddy? What? (laughs) (laughs) The absolute sprite. (laughs) You know, again, I think they're great. I really do think they're great as well. Garbage tick. Honestly, that's one of the, the most garbage takes I've I heard think, on this show. I, and what I love is, I think we've talked more about sprouts than the part of player safety. Right. Um, Andrea, Andrea Owens, Rose's Quality Street Celebrations are miniature heroes. Simon? Roses. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, Joel Neal? I had this exact conversation today. Roses are the goat. Oh, really? I don't yep. want for uh, I don't want for celebrations. In fact, I've had quite a few tonight. Um, <laughs> See. Paddy, eat a live celebration on the show right now. No, I've actually went through them all. <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. They're gone. Yeah. I, we were sitting before we recorded tonight, and I was like, Is somebody's micron, what's going on? And then some chomping. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to have to send you the f- here right now, because I'm sitting, there's no way you're talking about celebration. Tweet it. 
I'll tweet it as well. It's 10.30 p.m. Tweet it. People know. Go back to look at your timeline. Yeah, you've got... um, uh, They've got this new sweet box called Barrett. So it's got the fruit salads, Italian mixtures, blackjacks, Mm. dip dabs, wham, chews, refreshers. They're the... Forget about all your... Forget no. about all your roses and your, your no. celebration. No, these Nonsense. things are awesome. I love a good, I love a good double lolly. Love Pull good double the lolly. teeth clean out of you. You boys are mavericks. I have a mouth like a scrapyard, mate. No problem. <laughs> love a good double lolly. Um, Thomas, you do. Tom, Tom, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, Thomas Burnley, did you have a nice Christmas? Joe? <laughs> um, nah, I don't like Christmas, mate, to be honest. My tree's gone. I can't have tails, Sprite hitter. Christmas is over. Uh, Mr. Kitchen. I had, yeah, we, we, it was, it's a year. Yesterday, it was my mum passed down. Right. And I uh, raised a glass to eat pat and then uh, went out last night. I was telling Joe before I started recording, went out last night. Um, visited a few of the local establishments in Belfast and then ended up at Terracio Todd's. Uh, was there for an hour and 40 minutes. My brother can't remember one single moment of So he must, he must have had that infamous bad pint. That was there was no, nothing wrong with the bad pints at all. <laughs> I, I rang him. He, he bumped into a friend of his down in Newton Road today. Um, and he said, oh, great seeing you last night, Mo. What do, you, what do you mean you seen me last night? <laughs> he said, I bought you a pint in your ratio, Todd. He says, I wasn't, no, it wasn't last night. He honestly can't remember being there. So he came off. Well, as soon as he bumped in them, and he, or Jody rang me, and he says, where did we go last night? And I, I said, well, we had, told him where we went to. We ended up in the ratio, Todd. He says, did I really go to the ratio, Todd? I said, yeah, you did. Have you any, any idea how I get home? I says, yeah, I got your phone account. Ding. I, honestly, I honestly can't remember any of it. So he was absolutely. I've, 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 no, I've no experience that sort of thing, so I wouldn't know how it felt. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, no, but yeah, it was good. Overall, it was. It's. It wasn't as Joel says. You know, he doesn't really like Christmas. I, I do like Christmas. I wasn't really looking forward to this because the one that we party, but uh, at the, at the family's family's everything. It so, but a good couple of days. You're hundred percent right, mate. I've spent. Uh, a few days with the with the, a few lovely days with the in laws over Christmas, seeing the young ones getting up and and getting getting their presents from Father Christmas and stuff. It's been it's been it's been brilliant, you know what I mean. And it's the first one that I've had where where we Russians more not she doesn't understand what it is, but she got excited about it with her cousins and stuff like that. It's been brilliant. We're now preparing for four days out in Anglesey to bring in the New Year. So uh, yep, it's been a great one. Um, Peter Stubbs, have you tried these? Yet they're unreal. Tonics mini caramel wafer biscuits. I've not tried them. I'm going to the shop right now because they I look have. amazing. I have. Uh, I mean, I, I'm an East Antrim boy. I was in the Moyle Hospital in Larney, Scotland, where from where I was born. I was born closer to Scotland than I was to Belfast. So Tonics is an absolute central part of my diet. And I'm sorry, but you cannot mess with the Tonics caramel. I bought a tub. I, I mean, I polished it off. But I wasn't as big a fan as the original what? wafer. It's well, it's gimmick. It's gimmickry. It's gimmickry, and it's I've, not right. I, I've married into a family that are based. A uh, part of their family are based in Uddingston, on the outskirts of Glasgow, where Tonics caramel wafers come from, and we love them here. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to give them a good shout. Um, one last one on the same theme: Keelan Dini or mince pies? Really, all that, Joe? Absolutely disgusting. 
uh, misleading name. It's a pie full of uh, in nondescript goop. It should be outlawed. Says. Just because Joel says they're outlawed, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I have to, I have to, I have to admit, I, I don't understand mint pies when there's absolutely nothing about mints in them. <laughs> I don't get them. I don't get them at all. Really don't Rotten. get them at all. They're not for me. There was one other question from Alan Durish. Alan, I don't really want to make a prediction, but thank you very much for your question. Do you know what? Why do we do this every week? That was you know, why do we need an around the league section? That was much more fun. Thanks to everybody for your <laughs> tweets for the fan agenda where we talked more about mince pies and sprites than we did about the Department of Fire Safety. <laughs> um, let's look ahead. Belfast chance of three games in three nights at the SSE Arena starting on Friday against the Milton Keynes Lightning, 7 p.m. and then on the Saturday against the Glasgow Clan, 7 p.m. and then on the Sunday against the Dundee Stars and we're saying it's 7pm, we know the tickets say 4pm but we believe it's 7pm, is that right? Yes, it's 7pm all three nights uh, and uh, yeah, it's usually Sundays it's usually 4 but I think, to be honest with you I think it's probably doing us a favour as well you know, um, 3 and 3 is always tough but uh, the extra couple of hours could uh, make a big difference. Let's stick with you then on, on that says MK Glasgow Dundee 3 and 3, your thoughts? Uh, look, MK have played two in the last two nights. They'll be coming in tomorrow to Belfast. Uh, we've been off for five days, um, six days. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes they could get their wheels going early and, and uh, it might take us a bit to get going. So uh, hopefully we'll get a positive result in the first game. We've never tried to look too far ahead. But Glasgow are in good form. Um, did you say Manchester won tonight? Yeah, Manchester won 4-3 against the clan tonight in Glasgow. You know, so Goal in Manchester, the last three seconds of the game from Kieran Long. The uh, uh, the clan are, are. I don't think they have a game tomorrow, so they'll be Saturday, and then Dundee, uh, who have already beaten us this season. Um, they've and been last good, out. And they're fresh yeah. on a good run. Yeah, they they'll have a couple of days off coming into Belfast. Look again, there, there's no easy games. We've talked about this so many times this year. Uh, MK are, are coming good. Uh, since they, they changed their coach and it looks maybe that they just didn't agree with what that the two one guy was saying. Can't remember his name now for good for goodness sake. So um, Doug McKay, mate. Doug McKay. Doug McKay. Yeah. It's a two one game. Look, We're playing great. Yeah. <laughs> if you look down the stretch now, you know, we've got thirty league games left, nine away, twenty one at home. So, you know, less miles to travel, but I'll tell you what, we need, you know, the, these three next next three games are big, big games. So Hopefully we can go into the new year uh, with three more victories and uh, make a real big push uh, coming down the stretch. But as I say, it's, it's certainly not going to be easy. All the teams, you know, Cardiff are top of the league right now. Um, Belfast went tomorrow night, they go back top. So, you know, it's going to be chip and chase the whole way to the end of the season, I believe. I don't think it's going to be, you know, not one of the teams is going to run away with it. I can't see it. So uh, we've got a lot of distractions. Cardiff are out in the Challenge Cup. Uh, we've got the Continental Cup to deal with as well. Hopefully we can stay healthy, um, and if we can stay healthy, the confidence will come with that, you know, because we're, we're a good hockey team this year. The uh, Joel coming into the games like this, weekends like this, opponents like this, especially given our situation with the uh, with the home games coming over the course of the next three months. The weekend that pops into my head is Milton Keynes Edinburgh from last season. Now mm. we that that maybe a complacency, maybe as something uh, a little. 
a little, uh, what's the word, monkey on the back that we need to get rid of, but um, but the Giants need to go in there with professionalism and dispatch three teams in three nights. Yeah, professionalism's the word. You know, facing the Dundee Stars on a Sunday afternoon uh, for the third and three, the points mean just as much as a, a sort of highlight reel game against the Sheffield Steelers on a Saturday night with a full barn. I feel like we say it every week, and it's probably because we do, but this weekend is so important. Um, we are in the second half now. We are we are beginning the stretch here. Um, I don't know how it's happened. This this season has absolutely blown past me, but um, as, as Sis said perfectly there, you know, we've got the Continental Cup coming up. We are still in the Challenge Cup. So that's at least, what, five games that we have to contend with that the Cardiff Devils and the Nottingham Panthers don't. Um, the league is starting to take shape now. You're starting to see who's going to be the sort of two, three horses at the end of the race. The Devils, as of tonight, are neck and neck. Um, thank God the Blaze stole one on Wednesday to, to negate one of their games in hand. But what we have now is an absolute dogfight right to the end, and we are going to need every single goal, every single shift, and every single point that we can muster. Three and three straight after Christmas is not an easy ask, and if we can come out of this weekend with six points... God, I, I think I'll believe. Milton Keynes Friday, Glasgow Clan on Saturday, Dundee Stars on Sunday, all at 7pm. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena, or if not, they'll be called on Belfast Giants TV by the one and only Simon Kitchen. You ready for 3-3, three and three, mate? It's going to be a uh, long second half of the season for you. Yeah, I've got uh, yeah those 21 league games. Um, definitely one more in the Challenge Cup. Three Continental Cup. Two ladies NCAA games uh, which are going to be on the webcast as well uh, might have to delete that bit <laughs> uh, actually do you know what yeah it's going to be on the web <laughs> um, the, you uh, heard it uh, here uh, first from I'm Simon Glitch sure. I'm, sure. I'm not too sure if it's being announced yet but yeah it is now uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah so really looking forward to it um, it's, uh, it's if, if again if we can if we can make the push down the stretch uh Hopefully, hopefully, we're going to bring at least one trophy back to Belfast this year. You heard it here first from Simon Kitchen. Um, any other business I'm going to start, I'm going to bring up the something that just Simon's talked about, and it's those two games, the NCAA games against uh, the between Clarkson and Northeastern, isn't it? Northeastern? Yeah. Yep. Two, 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 two colleges who have been here before through the Friendship Four are bringing their women's teams to for two challenge games, or no, two league games, isn't it? Two league games, yeah. They'll take place before the games against the Sheffield Steelers. Tickets are free. I'm right there. You can tell I've done my research. Yeah, I, I'm, I think you're. I actually think you're right. Probably. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure you should tell them to research. Tickets are free. Those these are going to be brilliant games. We've seen the NCAA you come over here for the last three four years and and light it up at the SSC Arena through the Friendship Four. The fact that these two colleges are more than willing to come over and take part in this event is a phenomenal feather in the cap for the Giants organization and for the SSC Arena and for the Odyssey Trust. But it needs your support. So get yourself online. Get yourself some tickets to these games what are going to be no doubt incredibly entertaining before the two games against the Sheffield Steelers that's going to be one hell of a weekend of hockey and if I'm correct on this from what I see on Twitter I'm led to believe that because Clarkson are playing you know that that means Joe it means the Clarkson pep band are in town 
<laughs> but I believe that the Clarkson Pep Band will be in town with There Clarkson. are preliminary discussions about joining the Clarkson Pep Band with Boomerang Corner. So if nothing else, come in the evening after those NCAA games to see us juke it out against the Sheffield Steelers and absolutely wreck the West End of the arena. Joel Neal's turning up with a lamp egg drum and he's ready to get part. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, yep, the, they were brilliant. You know what? The Clarkson Pat Band were a brilliant addition to that uh, to that friendship for the weekend. Really, really fun. When they when they played their version of uh, Rage Against the Machines, killing in the name of, I lost the plot. It was absolutely <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Simon, I'll take. What's your take on this? I think the you know these two games, the NCAA games coming in before the games against the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, again, I mean, I, I was speaking to uh, Joe Britannia. Um, when he was over for the Friendship Four uh, in November, um, I'm pretty sure Joe's coming back again um, for uh, this. I, I, I honestly, Steve Hagwell practically live here, man. Yeah, they, they both love it. They absolutely love it. So he was telling me that these, these, I mean, the, the two teams are in the top five in the US, um, you know, of women's hockey. So you know, they're they're going to make a big deal about this, and and um, you're talking about the band being there. The games are, I think it's pretty sure it's 3 o'clock face-off on yeah. Saturday and 12 o'clock on Sunday. Yes. So, um, you know, that's it, definitely going to be good. I'm, I'm, I would like to think that a lot of Sheffield Steelers fans, I know that Sheffield usually bring a good crowd with them for the doubleheader. Um, and I'm saying that, you know, hopefully we can get a crowd in for both games as well. And Because, um, again, it's the first time ever uh, outside the U- U.S. that they're, they're playing for points um, in a league game. So it's, uh, it's phenomenal for the Belfast Giants organization and the Odyssey Trust to bring um, another, you know, big staged event uh, to the SSA Arena and to make it with the Belfast Giants weekend as well. It's, uh, it's it, uh, hopefully it's going to be another fantastic weekend. The weekend before NCAA one weekend followed by the Continental Cup the following weekend. That sort of put paid my trip, my planned trip to come back for that NCAA weekend. I'm going to go for the Continental Cup again. Uh, but it's no doubt a great reason for people to get down there, get online, get your tickets picked up, get down to support this for what is going to be a phenomenal weekend of hockey. Uh, any other business chance? That's my one. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything. Nothing. It's the last podcast for the new year, isn't it? It is the the the, the final podcast of 2018. Well, just wish all the AVFTB listeners a very very happy new year. Um, bring their their voices and and uh, all their mates to the next couple of games coming up because you know I, I think it was last year Joel was you know he was all hockeyed out coming into February. Um, but we're going to need we're going to need a big fan base to come in for these games coming down the stretch because uh, you know twenty one games in the space of twelve weeks in the league alone um, is a big big ask and I don't know that uh, you know Brooksy and James Glover and all the guys behind the scenes of the Giants are going to be working Susan as well you know Susan doesn't get mentioned very often um, but you know they're going to uh, make a big push to try and get the the crowds coming in because you know this this uh, I think we've got something special happening this year. Joe? Yeah, I can only second that. Uh, it's It's been a, a hell of a season so far, but we are to board the roller coaster here, and it's going to run straight into the last weekend of the season, and we need as many voices and as much kind of unity as possible. Um, everybody stick together and, and just let's go. I, I think, as, as Sis says, and as Adam Keefe has said, I think I, I, I smell blood this year. 
I think that this Belfast Giants team is capable of clinching silverware. You saw what it meant to the city and to the fan base whenever we clinched the Challenge Cup in Cardiff uh, last season. You saw the the hordes of people who turned out at the airport to welcome home the team as, as Blair Riley walked through the airport with that trophy. That's the Challenge Cup. That's the first time we've won it since, what, 2009? But just imagine for a second that we clinch a European title or a, a league t- title for the first time since 2014. Uh, these trophies mean a lot to these people. They, they mean the world to me, to be honest. So um, I'm just ready to go. Let's go. Fantastic. Well, listen, if that's that, we'll wrap things up here. Um, three games, as I said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all at 7 p.m. Milton Keynes Lightning, Glasgow Clan, Dundee Stars, all at Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get yourselves down to the SSE Arena or catch them with our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. Uh, thanks to Kendall McFall and to Adam Keith for their time training thanks for getting those inses um thank you to everybody who sent through some very entertaining tfa questions earlier on on twitter and thank you very much through the year of 2018 for your interaction with us here on a view from the bridge it is a labor of love for us we love doing this show we love just talking hockey with our mates and we'll continue to do that in the 2019 who knows what the future holds hopefully great things for our Belfast Giants follow us on at AVFTB or on Facebook a view from the bridge uh, Look, just check it out on Facebook or kingdomofthegiants.com where you'll find interviews highlights, articles anything we can throw at you from a Belfast Giants perspective um, thank you to Joel and thank you to Simon thanks boys, thanks gents a very happy Christmas and a very happy new year I hope you're having fun when it comes to New Year's Eve, whatever you've got planned and wherever you're watching your hockey this weekend, be it at the SSE Arena or beyond, we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Hi, everyone. I just want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and uh, all the guys at A View from the Bridge have a very happy holiday and a great New Year. Hey, fans. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Hi, I'm Curtis Leonard. Happy holidays. Just like to wish you all a very happy Christmas and a peaceful new year. I'd like to thank you all for your support during the year, for listening, for tweeting in, for the odd email, just for keeping in touch with us and being part of, of the View from the Bridge team. And uh, let's go, Giants. Merry Christmas to all the Belfast Giants fans from uh, Dicko the Sicko. Hi, I'm Mark. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Darcy Murphy here, just wishing all the Belfast Giants fans a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to all the Belfast Giants fans from uh, David Jahasik. You just copied mine, man. You can't copy <laughs> mine, copy a new one. I'm <laughs> um, Jonathan Furlan. Merry Christmas to all the Belfast Giants fans. Hi Giants fans, my name's Joel Neal from A View From The Bridge and I'm recording this on Christmas Eve. So before I head into town to start and finish my Christmas shopping, I just wanted to take a second to wish you all a peaceful and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Stick together, get behind the boys down the stretch and I'll see you all for a beer when we get banners to hang. Let's go Giants. My name is Guillaume Gignot, Joyeux Noël et Bonne Année. I'm Dustin Johnner, I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Giants fans. Colin Shields here from the Belfast Giants. Just want to wish all the fans out there a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hope to see you around the rink this uh, holiday season. 
I'd just like to wish a happy Christmas to our fans out there and hope you have a great and safe holidays and spend some time with your families. Hi, I'm Paul Swindlehurst. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Hey Belfast Giants fans, it's Kitchy here. Just wanted to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. Hope you have a lovely next couple of days. Thanks for listening to AVFTV over the year and uh, making us a number one podcast in the Elite League. Have a great couple of days. Hope to see you all at the SSE Arena very, very soon. My name's Kyle Bond. Just wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, I'm David Rutherford. I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Be safe this year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. From? From Dandy Alton. Hello Giants fans, Adam Keefe here. Wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We're extremely excited to get back at the SSC in front of you guys and hopefully do you guys proud going into the new year. And um, Obviously we got a big push coming up here so hope to see you all down at the SSC throughout uh, January, March and April. Uh, hopefully a lot of things to celebrate for us in the, in the new year. What about February? Did I, did I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> Podcast Network.